Hello, Stitchers. Welcome to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women's Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork. I'm a fourth-generation sewing enthusiast with more than 20 years of sewing experience. I am looking forward to today's conversation, so sit back, relax, and get ready to get your stitch together. everybody. This is Lisa. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us today for this another great episode of the Stitch Please podcast, um, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. I am so happy to be in conversation today with Chris Branton, um, the creator and convener and genius behind Black Girls Social Club, um, which has a large presence on Facebook. The social is spelled S-E-W-C-I-A-L. I know I know how to spell. I just am. Um, I'm. I wrote it down. So, it, but it's Black Girls Social Club. And so, Chris, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, thank you for having. I can't stop smiling. So, thank you for having me. I hope you can hear this smile through our communication. Oh. You're fantastic. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for agreeing to this. I want to just get started with a question that I ask um, everybody. And that, how did you get started sewing? How long have you been sewing? Um, what made you, What? how did you know that sewing was a thing that you were interested in? I started sewing back in 2012. I, my, I come from sewists. Like my aunt is a sewist. My mother-in-law is a sewist. You know, I've always been around it, but I didn't think I could do it. Like, I used to tell my mother-in-law to teach me. She'd be like, girl, you don't have no patience. And I'd be like, okay, whatever. But me and my husband got promoted on the same day in two different states. And we decided to take both jobs. (laughs) So we just got married a year before. We had a little baby and we had our older daughter and living in two different states. I became a supervisor at my job and I kept getting sick. Like I had a cold every single month. So my boss sat me down and she was like, you either need to do two things. You need to either take vitamins or find a stress reliever. So I found a stress reliever and I started sewing at the um, local community college. My teacher now has her own sewing school down in Miami and I took classes for a couple weeks and I fell in love. Like I would come home. I would, it was on Sunday mornings and I would miss church just to go to sewing class. And I'd be like, well, you know, God understands this is my, this is my ministry right now. And I would pray through it and I fell in love. And since then, every time I get stressed, every time life isn't going how I want it to be, or I just need a moment to myself, I just sew. Chris, I love that. I love that so much. I love that because I think that sewing is very therapeutic and it can be very therapeutic. And you have just, I mean, that choice between vitamins or a hobby, I think I would have been like, you know what? I'm going to get me some vitamins because <laughs> <laughs> the vitamins are clearly the easiest choice, um, even though I have vitamins that I forget to take every That's single day. Why I didn't do but, it because I know I was wasting my poor little $10 on some vitamins. <laughs> 
Girl, I got a cabinet full of unused vitamins. I mean, they from like the expiration date 2014. And I'm like, oh, that's really bad. I can't. I, and their intention is there, right? I know the intention is there. But when you're sewing, it's like you start something and you kind of want to see it through. So that's wonderful. That's wonderful to think about this. And so I, tell me more about, if you can, or if, you're, if you want to, about the sewing school and what some of the techniques that you learned that kind of got you hooked on well, sewing. Well, I think it's called South Florida Institute, I'm going to say it wrong. Her name is Ruth DeLeo. She was started over at Miami-Dade College, and she teaches, like, basics. She taught us how to make our bodice. She taught us how to make our skirt sloper. She um, she was the first person who ever introduced me into oak tag paper that you actually put your um, pattern on to keep it stronger. She taught me all the basics that I needed. And I think after our first class, we were able to make our own skirt, including if you want to do an elastic band or a, um, no, our first classes, we did a, like your own pattern. And then our second one, we, our second sessions, we did a skirt sloper and I made a skirt and I fell in love with making skirts to the point where I actually, when I moved to Georgia in 2016, I came out with a skirt line because that was the first thing I learned to do. That was like perfection. Um, to this day, I still like follow her. Like I wish I still stayed at home because then I would still be going to her fabric to her um, sewing school. And I just bought her book because she has a book that teaches you all the basics. Because after a while, we tend to forget what we were taught back in school. And then she was instrumental in me wanting to push myself further, like try to make coats and you know all the fun things that you can make, like dresses for parties and you know, things of that nature. That's fantastic. I really, and I guess because I'm really a nerd at heart, Chris, and I love school. That's my, I've always loved school and I love classes. I like, um, one of the challenges for me is that so many things are taught online or on YouTube where people call it YouTube university. And that's fine. I think it's great. And I've learned quite a few things with videos, but there's something else about going to a classroom, um, and learning about Oak tag and learning about contours and learning about how to modify and adjust things to fit your body in a technical setting. That's really excellent training that you received. And I'm so glad to hear that it's something that you still remember and hold on to. So for you, you would say, would you say your favorite project that you learned about um, at when you were training was a skirt? Because yeah. um, I know you said you did the sloper, you create, learned to create things to fit your actual body. That's such such valuable knowledge. I, I love this. I guess because I wear such skirts and I have, I don't, you know, I don't brag about myself, but I have some nice legs. So I love there you go. the skirts to the point because it was something that was any woman could wear. It was a maxi skirt that I did because we had one where we did like a pencil skirt, but I didn't feel like pencil skirts fit my body type. But we, when we learned like mm -hmm. the gathered skirts and you can make them short, you can make them long, you can make them knee length. And no matter what length on you, if you put some heels on, some flats, you could just dress it up and dress it down. That was my thing. Yes. That's what I love. Yes. Yes. And it becomes like a basic for a wardrobe builder, yes. right? So that you can say, okay, if I'm going to wear this with, you know, with these flats or even with some like slip on sneakers, or I can wear it with heels and wear it with some nice jewelry, you can take the same piece and it gives you this opportunity to really extend uh, your wardrobe and your look in ways that 
are pretty in some ways like financially sustainable because you don't have to buy a whole bunch of right. pieces um, because you can have this and it has such versatility. Um, and tell me, tell me your thoughts about, um, I am just so excited about that you learn to make something to fit your body. I talked with this when I talked with, um, um, this woman who is a sewist, um, Chija, um, her name is Chioma and she has like C-H-I-9-J-A is her handle and she's um, in Nigeria and they she said that they don't use patterns they just learn to sew from their bodies Um, and I was explaining to her how we seem in the states to do it very differently a traditional sewing class you get a pattern um, you might fit it or tweak the pattern to adjust to your body but what you're describing is that you all created a pattern yeah like we created our basic floor just mm-hmm, your basic slope. Tell us about that. For folks who don't know what a sloper is, tell us a bit more about that. Oh, I'm going to be the wrong one now. <laughs> uh, we created like a basic pattern to your body. We used our measurement. So your sloper would be your neckline, your shoulder, what is it, your um, armholes, the length of your the side of your body going from your underarm to about your waist and then going across. Mm-hmm. Mine was in half. And then, of course, you would just double it. So it should be um, a full front. And then you would know where you would put your darts if you needed to make a breast adjustment. Um, it's funny because at the time I wasn't, I didn't have as much as I have now. So now I have to learn how to make a full <laughs> breast adjustment. There we go. But, because God is good and you have bounty. Amen. Look, I've been praying for you. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> so we learned how to do um, our top, our, I guess you can call it our bodice our bodice sloper, and then we learned how to do a skirt one as far as a pencil skirt where you learned about your hips and your waist ratio and as far as how long you may want your pencil skirt, whether you want it to your knee or a little above your knee. I think we all made them to our knee, but then you know that you can adjust it to your sizing. So you know if, you know, your waist is 30, um, let's say 32 inches, you know you can put it in half and then you can just use the front half to make your sloper. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that was pretty cool that's really it's really fantastic because I find that, that all that information all that process so liberating because I feel like we live in this age where it's now starting to change where people are starting to do things that are more size inclusive that are including people who are at the upper end of the size range which is something that I think needed to have happened from the very beginning but instead of I think that sometimes people get frustrated with sewing because they are using these patterns especially the big four patterns as a mirror for how bodies should look oh Um, And I think that that is so dangerous because it can like really wreck in some ways it can really wreck or negatively affect your self-esteem when you feel like, oh, um, this doesn't look right on me or this doesn't look right on me. When you realize that that sloper that that pattern is based on was not based for someone who is shaped like you. Um, and so it really is a great idea, I think, to take this matter into your own hands by saying, you know, I'm going to measure my body. And I'm going to measure this pattern or create a pattern or draw these measurements. And then I will have something that I know always works for me. I think they call those the tried and true, yeah. you know, um, and that's something that I'm working through in a lot of ways. I just found, I think, two actually tried and true bras that I'm pretty excited about. One that I drafted and then one that I bought a pattern for. And 
it was some it was some testing. I feel like the first bra that I made took way longer than it should have been. The one that, but I I absolutely freaking loved it. So it's really nice to end up with at the end of all this time or at the end of the class. That stuff that you walked away with, Chris, is something that is knowledge that you'll have forever. Yeah. And even as your body changes, you can adapt. And that is where I see the freedom in what you have described for us. It's really beautiful story. Yes, thank you. Because those big four patterns, honestly, I can't ever get one to fit me properly. Like, based on my measurements, it'll say I'm a size 12. I'll sew up a size 12. That thing would be huge. And it just, it it makes you not want to sew anymore. There's times where I just like, you know what? I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore because this isn't fitting. And then you go on social media and they're like, I cut a size 12. And you're like, but they're not my size. But in the pattern, it says I should. So yeah, it, it, those big fours, I love them to death because they're cheap. And, you know, if you always need to throw something together, you can probably grab, you know, to think, to think mm-hmm. outside the box. You can always pick one up. But if you're a new sewist and you don't have, you know, a sewing background or someone you say, hey, what's going on? Those, they can stop your journey. They can stop your journey. That's a, And that's something that one of the reasons that I love your story is that you have basically learned to create your own roadmap. So you don't need to rely on a pattern or anything for your journey. Um, and so that is something that's so impressive about what we're um, what we're talking about today. I want to take a quick break, y'all. Um, I'm talking with Chris Branton of the Black Girl Social Club. And when we come back, we're going to talk about her Facebook group and what some of her goals were behind this, uh, what some of her goals were behind the creating of this group. So stay tuned. at Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, we talk a lot about sewing. But if you want to see and not just hear about some of the things we've been discussing, feel free to join us on the socials. You can find us at Stitch Please on Facebook, and you can also find us on Instagram at Black Women Stitch. You can find photos of projects that we've been working on, really interesting social commentary and on Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time you can join Black Women Stitch for a live Instagram chat again that's every Thursday at 3 p.m. so find us on the socials follow up with us we are happy to hear your direct messages you can reach out to us at the Black Women Stitch page on Instagram and we'll help you get your stitch together All right, everybody, we are back. I am talking with Chris Branton of Black Girls Social Club, and you are listening to the Stitch Please podcast. Um, Chris has created a group on Facebook called Black Girls Social Club, um, and it is thriving. And I wanted, Chris, I wanted you to talk a bit more about your group, how you got started, what led you to create the group, how long you've been going, et cetera. So let's just start with this, Mark. The first question, when did you start the group? I started a group about... Mid last year, um, it, so, so that was mid twenty nineteen. Yes, yes mid twenty nineteen. It was well, we're probably coming up on a one year anniversary. It's been so long; time has truly flown since I started this group. And I started it because I saw where there were some, you know, 
social media influence, who were sewists, who were making it outside of, you know, just being a sewist. They were, you know, marketing themselves, they were posting. And then there were some like me who just didn't feel like they had any guidance. I'm a very shy person, so I'm not going to ask a big influencer like, hey, can you help me? So I started reading books. I read Influencer. I've read so many different books on social media influencing. And so I said, we need a community like this for us who look like us because those who don't look like us, they're supporting each other. They're, you know, commenting on their YouTube channels. They're sharing their Instagram posts. And for us, it seems like we only tend to go over the bigger names, not the smaller names. So I started Mm. Black Girls Social Club as a way to say, hey, if you want to start a YouTube, um, a craft YouTube or a craft blog, let me help you because as much as I feel like I suck at my own YouTube channel, I feel as though I can tell you exactly what I have, like what is my setup? What is, you know, um, how do I film my videos or what is a good camera? What is, and I felt that was so good because on Facebook, they have these groups that support each other as far as like your YouTube posting, but they're all beauty related. There was none craft related for us. Oh, so can you tell me about how that would work? Like, what does a mutual support group look like for YouTube people or for people? Because I'm I'm not familiar with that at all. So can you tell me about, like, you said that there are some available that are led by Black women or um, supported by Black women, but you said they're about beauty industry? Yeah, the beauty industry on YouTube is humongous. It's probably one of YouTube's biggest Um, industries. It's beauty, it's makeup, it's all things hair, it's all things, you know, we follow like, I I watch YouTube all day, so we follow Miss Aaliyah J, we follow um, what is my favorite girl? Oh my god, I can't even think of her name. Our godmother. Oh, oh, Jackie Ina. We follow these women, but we needed them in our own community, in our own sewing community. And yes, we have Mimi G, we have Tabitha Sewer, we have Brittany J. Jones, and it's so amazing. But what smaller YouTubers are doing in the makeup industry is they'll have a group. And in the group, they'll have like, hey, on this day, we're going to support our sisters. And you, if you post a video, you... Um, you know, you kind of support everyone by commenting on that video, liking that video, watching that video. And I felt I was in these groups, but I wasn't, I don't make makeup videos. I don't make, you know, hair videos and I'm all for it. Cause I watch it. Cause I want to learn how to beat my face too, but I'm not a makeup artist. Mm-hmm. I don't do makeup. I sew. So I felt if we just came together and we created a group that could help us, you know, branch out, you know, YouTube came out with, um, different criteria in order to get monetized let's get these girls to a thousand subscribers or four thousand hours that's how it started but then it evolved into you know Mm. sisters coming in and showing their makes and being creative and it seemed like most of them weren't into trying to get into youtube but i want to bring it back because i think youtube could be so lucrative for us everybody right now is at home we're home we're trying to figure out what we're going to make. I'm not even going to lie. I'm making masks, you know, just let's try something else. Learn how to sew this week. Learn how to, you know, cricket or cameo or like my goal in life is to always learn how to crochet. But it's a girl who's in a black girl social club who's up and coming could be the one who shows you how to do these things. But we have to support her because YouTube is hard and it's easy to fall off of. 
that's that's so I I hear you saying thank you so much for that. Like I, for example, didn't realize that. So what you're I didn't realize, for example, that there was like a criteria to monetization that a thousand followers or four hundred hours. Um, it that those are some of the baseline criteria, and those can be really difficult to get. So I can, I think what you're what I hear you saying is that you are trying to bring some of the strategic practices for people to thrive in digital media to for other black women who are sewing is that what you're is that some of the goals that you're working on i want you to be like i'm not monetized i'm gonna be honest but i want everyone else if one person out of my group ever gets monetized i'm successful i don't care if one person launches you don't even have to do it because i just do it as a fun thing if one person just launches their channel launches like you launched your podcast i was like yo that's dope because I remember <laughs> I tra- remember we talked I travel for a living. Yes, yes. Like years ago, I was in a hotel room and I recorded a whole podcast. I was like, yo, we're gonna talk about what's going on in the sewing community, whether it's the gossip, whether it's the new pattern, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. But I didn't have anybody to push me because I was scared. I was I'm me. I'm so mm. like, oh my God, no, we just gonna let somebody else do it. There's so many ideas that come out. This is my brain. And then I don't do anything and then someone else takes it. And I know there's other women who are just like me. So my goal is to be like, no, girl, push these ideas out. Let's get this going. Let's get this moving and let's get monetized. Mm. Let's get your podcast. Because look, Black Women Stitch and Stitch Please is about to be on billboards and be like, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I was going there one time, you know, telling my grandkids, oh, they're going to be like, Oh girl, you you are hilarious. It's so funny because I think a lot about growth and I, I, you know, because my model is very different. Like I'm not trying to monetize. I'm not, you know, I don't do ads or anything like that. I'm still really wrestling with that because I know that, you know, as, as marketing, you want to kind of share the story and I've met with some marketing people, but I'm like, I want, I mean, Chris, my independence means so much to me. And that's the reason that I am recording this in my son's bedroom that I still call the podcast studio, even though he's currently living in it, um, because I just want the independence. And so, like, I've been doing money. I've been trying. I've been getting money in different ways, like through grants, through crowdsourcing or whatever, because I just want to say what I want to say. And I don't care if anybody likes it or doesn't like it. And so that's my big thing that I've really been wrestling with. Like, how can I grow, I suppose, but also remain true to my values. And so I, one of the things that I love about what you're saying is that you are trying to create a collective. You are trying to create a ways for people to support each other that allows for people to thrive um, and still be part of community, that you don't have to kind of leave community in order to, um, to excel you know exactly. what i'm saying because this honeypot is number one example of we can say what we oh, want right? to say and still be us right? and look we black women save the world i'm not even gonna lie i teach my daughter's black girl magic all the time and we're always going to support each other we just sometimes don't know how how absolutely and that honeypot is a great example. And for those of y'all who don't know, this is um, a black woman created line of menstrual products um, for like, men- men- menstruation. I think it's pads and tampons. And I'm not sure what else they have, Chris. What she else do, washes, does she offer? And I think she had like wipes. I, look, I tried to go buy some and it was sold out. 
So she had this, um, she did an ad for Target back at Black History Month. Was it last month? This was pretty recent, right? What is time? Black History Month, but it came out in January. So, you know, they were like leading into Black History Month. Cause this are this her um her commercial had been out for a very long time before the before this whole situation came out. So there was a bit of a scandal, and I hesitate to call it scandal. It wasn't scandal. It was racism. It wasn't a scandal. It was racism. <laughs> um, she created there was this lovely commercial that Target produced, and in it she said, "I'm I'm proud of my business because I want to be able to show my daughter or other black girls that so many things are possible." It was wasn't it wasn't that like the phrase yeah. she used, Chris? It was it was something really innocuous. This woman was not on here with a fistful of tampons saying, "Down with Whitey." Right, it's true. And you know what? It's so funny because if you watch the commercial, you don't really know what's about. You don't know what Honey Pot is. No, it's it was it was so it was so like I don't want to say tastefully done because that makes it seem like having a period is distasteful. But it was so like it was just beautifully done. It was a beautiful story. It was well lit. It was just a a really nice ad. Man, white people lost it entirely. They were triggered. AF mm-hmm. and they were th- this how dare she? and I'm like this is the thing I find so frustrating about racism and white supremacy in particular and whiteness as an idea is that white people are so used to seeing themselves absolutely everywhere they're, because they're so used to being overrepresented when a black person like says something or identifies something as black some of them get like pretty upset yeah. you no know reason. why can't this be for for no reason other than their own racism. Like, you know, well, why are you calling this black? Why does it have to be black? Why can't it be for everybody? And I'm like, so they look out and they see a room full of white people and they see everybody. That is their everybody. Yeah. But then if it's, and, and if it's okay, if it's one or two of us, but if it's a room full of black people, then that's not for them. I mean, it's just, it's just, I don't know. It's just, I find it very frustrating and I don't like to spend too much of my time talking about it because this is actually something I do for my job is that it's talking about these things. And it's just like, part of me just feels like, I feel like they're kind of just messing with me. Like they must know that this is the truth and they're just pretending that it's not true. (laughs) It's not that we're trying to say a little white girl can't come out with a pad company. I mean, Kimberly Clark, (laughs) she did it. I mean, mean, what we're saying is there's so many times where we're like the first black or the first, you know, and we don't want to show that to, I know for sure. I don't want to show that to my daughters. I want her to think, well, I can be this. I, I want her to think, yes, I can get a product in Target or I can get a product in, in a retail store. If I can make my own product, I want her to notice that it's not just one race or anything because I'm first generation American. I was born here. My parents were not. So it's like mm-hmm. you come here and it's, I understand what people see when they're like, oh, like, what is the problem? And we're like, no, we we want ours. We want our seat at the table that we built. And that's all we're saying. It's not saying that, you know, white women can't use honey pot. Because, hell, we all have the same concerns once a month. Exactly, exactly. And I think that the, the thing that's so frustrating, I think, and I said this before in another context, when you are used to privilege, when you are used to holding power, equity... Yeah can feel like an injustice yeah. because instead of you being at the top, you have to step down so you can be like everybody else. 
right? And so that is just, it's, it, you, you feel like you're losing something. And I just, I don't know. I just feel like we have these little teeny tiny sections in Target. We got these little teeny tiny sections with great products, products that I love. Lip bar, love it. Oh, yeah, she's a you know? She went to family. Shout out. <laughs> oh, did you go I to fam? Yes, I'm an HBCU girl all the way to the core. <laughs> my sister went to fam and my brother-in-law. Really? That's so a lot of my family went there. I'm from South Florida, so a lot of my family oh, went there. I'm from Miami. Oh, no kidding. I'm from West Palm oh, Beach. Okay, so is my best friend. Oh, I'm telling you, small world, y'all. Um, but like this this question of you know, of of sharing. So like we have like they're like, well, why do you have this ethnic hair care section in the grocery store? And I'm like, and why do you have the whole freaking aisle? Yeah, it's like we just get a little portion and then some areas and then you, and you, locked up. Yeah, exactly. And some places, because of racism, do lock this stuff up, you know, because, of course, black people can't be trusted to buy hair products because we're supposed to be all criminals. It's just horrible. And the things that we, these indignities that we are meant to endure as just regular matters of just trying to enjoy our lives, just want to go get your hair done, just want to go get some doggone tampons that don't have so many toxins and might be more organic and healthy for your body, you know, and we have to wade through all this. It's very frustrating. So can you talk a bit about, like, in terms of Black Girls Social Club, what would you say is something that you feel really good about, about the group that you've created, and what you consider, if you have one or maybe more, some of the proudest moments that you've had so far in the cultivation of your group? My proudest moment was the all-white challenge I did when we first started, because I didn't think anybody was going to sew anything. Um, I made my dress. And a matter of fact, I still haven't even photographed it. I suck at that. And I was online. I think I was on Instagram. This is like we're on Instagram, but we're not really on Instagram. We are a Facebook based group. I just didn't for marketing. I didn't want someone stealing my name. Um, So I'm scrolling through my Instagram because I have a Instagram dedicated to sewing. And I see someone they're like this much challenge and they're wearing all white. I fell out because I was like, that's me. Like, because there are a lot of sewing challenges that go on throughout the month and they're very popular. And I love it. I love to see us do them. I love to see everyone sewing them. But I was like, wait, that's my challenge. (laughs) And then they posted it in the group and a girl had to like put her phone down. I think I probably fell on the floor. And thanks God that someone is actually in my group who wants to be in my group like this month we're doing um a bodycon dress and it's kind of due at the the 30th if we ever get to march 30th because you know this particular march has been the longest very <laughs> the longest march you said earlier it's like it's like this, this march has been 80 days long i was like this march has been 80 yeah, years it, long. it won't stop like, it's, just, it's just not stopping and people were interested because I stopped doing the challenges because I felt like people weren't trying to do it. And everyone's like, yeah, girl, we're going to do this challenge. And I'm like, wow. When people ask to join my group, I get super excited because I'm not a big, you don't know me. I'm Chris. I'm Chris Branson. Most people, my family know me as Chrissy. You know, I'm, I'm just me. I'm just the silly girl who saw a need and put the need out there. And I didn't even pub it that big. I went out there saying, hey, I got a group called Black Girl Social Club. I think I posted about it twice. And people were just joining. People post their YouTube videos in there. Um, 
every once in a while we do a thread where we put your Instagram in there and people get shares, likes, and comments. And I'm just like, oh my God. And then I have people who message me and say, hey, I want to start. How do I start? And I'd be like, girl, just do it. You can do it with your phone. You can do it. Like, I bought all this stuff. I bought a Canon T6. I got three tripods. I got all this stuff. And you can do it with your iPhone. Like, you can literally do it on your phone. Apple has made it so easy where they have iMovie. So you can shoot, edit, and upload to YouTube Studio on your phone. And I say, when you do it, send it to me. All I watch is YouTube. I cut the cord so I don't have cable at my house. Wow. So that's my wow. proud moment when people launch their videos or, you know, post the outfit that they that they made in my group. Like, you can do it in all these big name groups. You can do it on your own social media. But when you come to my group and post it, just know I see every post. And sometimes I faint. I'm like, oh, my God, they posted in my group. And I fall on the floor. And my kids are like, this lady's crazy. <laughs> That's fantastic. I mean, you really should be really pleased because this is not just something that you're doing that's also good for yourself. I think it does feel great to kind of pull together something that you know people are excited about. This is something that other people are leaning into, too, and it's giving them something. So it's really a beautiful um community that you're creating that's just so that's something to feel so proud of and i'm so glad to be a part of it because i'm in your group you too are, so yeah, I posted, girl i'm like this please and came out i was in a hotel listening to your podcast i think it was like um a few months ago and i'm like man she's so knowledgeable because i catch your <laughs> live sometimes but my job is like it's type of crazy when i get home i'm tired and i'm like okay yeah, I was like, wow, like, so every time I see you post, I'm like, yeah, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to pivot to talk about the great battle between Chris and Lisa. That's known as cricket versus cameo. Yeah, Stay cricket. tuned. <laughs> Stitchers, we have a limited edition opportunity for you to support the Stitch Please podcast and the Black Women Stitch project as a whole and get some more fabric in your collection. These are mystery fabric boxes of fabrics that have been divided into woven and knit. There's boxes that that are stuffed with black and white fabrics. There's boxes of chevron fabrics. There's boxes of fabrics called, I think, adventure or nature or something like that. Um, And these are completely full of fabrics. These are medium flat rate USPS boxes that can be sent directly to you for $30. And that shipping is included. So if you're interested in building your stash or um, taking a chance on some really cool fabrics, let me know. You can DM me on Instagram at Black Women Stitch, or you can send me an email at blackwomenstitch at gmail.com, and we will send you a mystery box of very cool fabrics, $30 shipping and insurance included. And that'll help you get your stitch together too. Thanks. So we are back and we're going to talk in this last segment about a perennial question, y'all, that if you have ever been in any craft group whatsoever, someone is going to ask this question. Which should I get, a cricket 
or a cameo. And so it just so happens that Chris is a cricketer. She likes to use her cricket to do t-shirts and mugs and stuff. And it just so happens that I have a cameo and I like to do the same thing with mine. So tell us, Chris, about why you are team cricket. Because it's easy. It's so easy. Me, you talked about it. I have a cameo three. That's what it's called. Three. I bought it because everybody in the groups were like, Cameo's the best. Cameo's the best. You can work Cameo online without, well, well, offline without needing, it's better than Cricut system. So I fell down the hole and I bought a Cameo. I bought Business Edition, which was extra. And I was like, okay, I'm going to learn how to do stickers because I'm also a planner babe. So I'm like, I'm going to start doing stickers. yes. Same, same. Yeah, girl, that thing's sitting. I can even, if you've ever watched my YouTube video on my sewing room, it's still sitting in the same spot. That thing got probably got so much dust on it. It is not easy to me. Cameo is honestly like the Android version, and Cricut is Apple where it's user friendly. Uh, I feel like anybody could pick up a Cricut and learn it in about a good hour. Um, it doesn't have as many, like, it'll be like cut, paste you know, change the color. Cameo has like compound. It had, it just had too many things for my Cricut brain, but I may be also brand loyal. I'm on my third Cricut. I had a Cricut mini back when my 12 year old was turning five. So seven years ago, I bought my first Cricut. It was a Cricut mini. Um, We did her entire birthday party. If anybody remembers Jay's Minnie Mouse party, we had many ears. We had everything. And I did her invitations with Minnie Mouse in the shape of Minnie Mouse. And I did all of that on a Cricut Mini. And then I bought an Explore Air when I moved to Georgia back in 2016. So that took it off. Boom. I'm back in the Cricut world. I'm making shirts. You know, I showed my sister-in-law. She got a Cricut. We ain't here sharing Cricut ideas. We in Cricut groups. I don't pay for no shirts when I go on vacation. I've done three bachelorette parties and those mugs my girls have, those cups, those shirts, everything's done by Chris. Chris got you. If, if Chris on the party mm-hmm. team, we good. We making it. <laughs> Chris is the party, the party team. team. I got you. The cameo still sitting here. And then the maker came out and I was like, I'm not buying this maker because it's doing the same exact thing that my machine does. Like, I don't need the maker. And then a year later, they had a sale where they knocked the maker down a couple dollars. And I just felt like in my heart, <laughs> I wouldn't be I can, I can save $2. I can right. save $2. I'm definitely getting it now. Yeah, I had to sneak that thing in the house. It was bad. I ordered it. It took like forever to come because I think they're based in California. And I have been, like, my maker is is there. Like, that's my baby. I reach for it for everything. Like, that is so and funny. that cameo, I try. I try. Like, Joe, I don't know if you know her. So very Joe on Instagram. All the time oh, yeah, she's yeah. trying to help me. She's like, I got you. And I'm like, you know what? This ain't working. This cameo, we just going to let it sit here. Oh, okay. So I, I. And for those listeners who I am team cameo, and I guess I, I think it is about brand loyalty. I've been using this cameo for maybe the same amount of time, maybe more than you've been using your cricket. I was using cricket back in the day, um, when they used to have, they used to be cartridge based and you would buy these cartridges that were not cheap between 60 and 80 bucks. The cartridges, you would drop the, 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 you drop the cartridge in the machine. You would click this wheel. It was all very old school Polaroid camera, (laughs) even though it was in the, like, it was in like 2010. And, um, 
then it was I thought that then there was this big blow up because they had a software company that allowed you to use your own images. The thing that I didn't like about Cricut was that it did not allow you to use your own images. I found it too restrictive. You had to have cartridges. Once one person used the cartridge in the machine, you couldn't use it anywhere else. I remember like it, it was just it that was way before you started I think that they had gotten off yeah. that then I didn't then I didn't like the cricket design space I was like how are you going to have a machine that only works with the freaking internet that's nonsense and like I couldn't use my own images like I have made I have taken a photograph of my sewing machine's logo and I have taken that traced it and made a matching bag that looks exactly like the, all from photographs. And it's just so simple. Now you're right. Now I am a bit hurt. My feelings are hurt that you did this Android Apple comparison um, because Android, I find very difficult yeah. and I do that, but and I'm, a, and I'm a Mac girl. Like I love Mac products, Apple, iPhone, all that junk, but I like the cameo because it just gives you more control. I agree with you. It is a steeper learning curve. That is true. It is a lot to learn. Release compound path, blah, blah, blah. But girl, the stickers you can do, the stuff you can make, it is, and you can print wide and you can print long, seven feet, long, long, long. You know, it's amazing. I love mine. I really do. And I just got a Cameo 4 for my birthday. I just took it out of the box the other day. So um, if you want to go ahead and send that Cameo 3 to me, um, I'll take it off your hands so it doesn't collect dust. Look, I just need to um, learn. Just, just, what, is a, what is a pass? Like, why? Are we trying to Are we trying to cut? Are we trying to just, just get into so the pa- terms? Yeah, I know. You're right. You're right. You know, but you know what it is? It's kind of like the same technical terms, like when you were learning that, you know, to make a sloper, you know, when you learn about the arms eye, when you learn about it's all these different vocabularies and there's ways to break it down in ways that are easier. And I've been thinking about that. Well, this is before I started the podcast. I was like, I would love to do more teaching about the silhouette cameo, because I think that it is it just gives you more creative flexibility. And I would love to kind of share that with people, but I'm not even going to front. I have no time to do not another thing. <laughs> not yeah. an- Today, my goal for this weekend is to make a jumpsuit, a romper. That's my goal. And that's what I want to do this weekend. And I'm working so hard, Chris, to keep my eyes focused on that. Uh, but it's hard, you know, because you get so many different demands. But the cameo is great. And I have made some really cute stickers and little bookmarks, and as well as the T-shirts for family vacation. Because you're right, that is really enjoyable. And so Cricut and Cameo basically do the same thing. It's They're both like cutting machines, y'all. They're both cutting machines where you put an image in, and then this it's a laser um, guided cut um that cuts everything and it's you know it's great it's it's great you just have to decide what threshold of learning you want to do um because i i agree with you it seems to me from what people have said that the cricket is easier to learn but i think the cameo gives you more options but it really is coke versus pepsi it truly is i think but you know coke yeah. is is the coke is the cricket coke is best coke is no coke is cameo no, uh-uh, obviously uh-uh. No, Coke is cameo. Look, I live, Coke, look, I live in Georgia, the home of Coca-Cola. So I'm going to take I know, you do. <laughs> I'm, yeah, and I, the only the only soda we recognize in this house is Coca Cola, so it has to be a cameo. You know, you know? it will be bomb if you like when you have time. 
instead of doing how the classes are geared is there's classes for people who want to do cricket. There are classes for people who are geared who want to do cameo. No one has a class for like, if you got a cricket brain to learn the cameo. That's probably the problem. That's probably why we don't get it because we're so stuck on one thing that we can't. Okay. So what is, what is that thing is called? Like what is the path in, in cricket world or what is um yeah you know i think world yeah. is something yeah. else in cameo world exactly like, yeah what yeah that's true that's true how do you what about layers how do layers work in cricket and what about boundaries and what about cutting fields yes. and what about different materials like all of that yeah that's that that'd be rich that's a good idea someone that likes them both that really because the thing i think one of the reasons why they don't overlap is because the companies are competitors yes. so companies you know people develop brand loyalties and then and companies are only going to reward someone who's supporting their own brand. You know That's what I'm saying? True. So it's really nice. I mean, well, for me, I don't give a shit. That's like I always say, I don't have sponsors because I want to do what I want to do. And so, like, if I wanted to do, like, it would have to be related. Or it could be something like where like, we would get together. Like, if you are a big team, this is a great thing about collaboration. You love cricket. I love Cameo. If we manage to get together and say, we want to make a blank. Chris is going to show you how to do it on the cameo on the on the cricket, and I'm going to show you how to do it on the cameo. And people can decide for themselves which is easier, or they can just take the instruction. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, you know, that's a great idea. It didn't even that, work that, if you that, show them like side by side, like, okay, this is how yeah, I upload yeah. it into the cricket, and this is how I upload it into the cameo, so that you see the same yes. exact steps in their way. Because that's my issue. Yeah. If I look at it, and I'm just like, well, what? And I really want to make these stick like. Planner stickers is bomb right now, but they're getting costly. That's one of the biggest markets right now that they're they're marketing to us and they're not lowering their prices. So I'm like, let Mm -mm. me make my own, but I'm still like, um... And I make my own because I put black people on them. So, you know, that's what I want to do. And so, and you can buy, you know what you can buy? You can buy digital images of like 1960s buttons, like political buttons and stickers. And those are free use after you've after you've paid for them. Then you can like just basically load them into the cameo, click offset, and then you can just cut a like a really narrow margin around the shape, you know. And then you get a whole bunch of cool buttons and stickers. See, you know. So. I mean, see, I knew about offset, but then I couldn't get my picture to offset. You know, I'm gonna just pray that Cricut when they come out with an offset, they have it in certain. It's like you have to upload it in a certain something else. Cricket has a long way to go. I must say, as far as like cameo, if you learn the cameo, you're set. Like I want my daughter to learn cameo yeah. and not cricket because I feel like mm-hmm. once she learn, once you learn it, you're set. And it has so much. And then more. she can show yeah, you. Yeah, she probably won't. She'll probably just be like, no, it's just for me and my friends. <laughs> but it's like I said, it's just easy. You know, it's just like picking up an iPhone and all of a sudden you know how to do it. Because I have an Android and everyone can tell you when I first got it, I did not know how to use my phone. I would only call and halfway text you. That's right. Yeah. Well, Chris, I have got to get running. Um, and I am so grateful for your conversation and for joining us today. Can you tell us how we can find you on social media, please? And I can include this in the episode notes, but how can we find on you? On social media, for my personal social media, it's so S-E-W, me, M-E, Chris, K-R-I-S-B. And those are my handles for um, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. So me, Chris B. And then, of course, on Facebook, y'all come and join the party at Black Girl Social Club. And social is spelled S-E-W 
C-I-A-L. And we love all crafters, whether you knit, whether you crochet, whether you cricket or cameo. Come on, jewelry makers, everything. Come on. We're doing our challenges. We're bringing those back. And, you know, right now we have some free time. So let's join and engage and support our sisters on social media. Thank you so much. I've had a wonderful time talking with Chris Brand of Black Girls Social Club. Thank you so much for being here and um, enjoy the rest of your oh, day. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my God, I feel so like I'm going to be smiling all day. So if you see me walking and you stay your distance, my smile is because I talked to Lisa today. Just, that's what it is. Same. I feel the same, Chris. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Stitch Please podcast, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. There are a variety of ways that you can support the program, and you're doing it right now. 